So, if you're looking for something encouraging, something that might make your day, try doing this. Try Googling um, how it started versus how it's going. And what you'll get are memes, these encouraging, um, motivational memes of humble beginnings. And there's this guy, for example, this guy named Tanko, who is now at Harvard University. That's so great. Or this art student uh, with her painting. I mean, just look at that progress. It's incredible. And these are all humble beginnings, but they have these tremendous, tremendous change. And that's, that's great. If you've ever started something new, like a job, or a new relationship, you know how exciting or how scary those uh, beginnings can be to start something from nothing? And maybe you're doing something like that right now. Today, uh, we're beginning this new series on the big picture of the Bible. You know, we were starting with the creation of creation. Mm, sounds cool, right? Before there was anything, there was a God who created everything. This is Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, meaning he created everything. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. This is how creation began according to God. And it says that the earth was formless. It was empty. It was dark. That's kind of creepy, I know, but it's talking about chaos, it's talking about confusion, up to the point that God speaks into this creation in verse 3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that this light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Notice, each and every verse is about God. God did this, God did that, God said that. And this pattern is repeated across all of the first six days. You know, God is always, you know, active and doing something in creating in these six days. And each new day begins with God speaking his word. Let there be light. And there was light. You know, he speaks creation into being. Now, if you look back to verse 2, the earth there, it starts out formless and empty. It's dark. You know, that's, that's how it started out. But right here, you know, in God's act of creating, he is giving form to the formless. He is filling the void with stuff. <laughs> He's doing the opposite, in other words. And he does this act of creation, of uh, forming and filling under two separate stages. So there's stage one days one, two, three, and there are stage two, days four, five, six. And under stage one, days one, two, three, God forms these three separate containers. There's day and night, there's sky, and there's ski, 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 and there's seas and land. And under stage two, days four, five, and six, God fills these containers with sun and moon, birds and fish, animals and man. Cool. Let's look closer at stage one, days one, two, and three. Here, God is kind of like Marie Kondo. You know who Marie Kondo is? She's like this organizing queen. You know, God, he separates, he organizes, he puts everything in its place. Except with God, 
everything sparks joy. You know, everything has its place. You know, you go here, you go there. He he makes sure that you know everything is organized, and we see this in the separation of light from darkness, waters above from waters below, land and sea. You know, everything has its place. Everything has a name that God gives it and a purpose that God gives it, and that's because God is constantly in His act of creation. Speaking to his creation, and creation in turn responds to God in obedience to His word. That's what we see in stage one. Stage two, however, God starts filling all these containers with stuff, essentially with life. Verse sixteen: God made two great lights. There is the greater light to govern the day. That's the sun. And there's a lesser light to govern the night. That's the moon. And he also made the stars.、Uh, can you imagine a universe without any stars, just empty, kind of like an iPhone without any apps? It's pointless. God goes back to each and every one of these containers, and he fills them one by one. The sun goes here, the moon goes there, in the day and the night. That's day four. In day five, he fills the sea and the skies. And as I read verse twenty, notice. The activity, the motion that he fills these containers with. So, and God said, verse twenty, let the waters swarm or teem with living creatures. Let the birds fly above the earth, across the vault of the sky. You know, there's imagine every kinds of fish. You know, it's not just one goldfish in a goldfish bowl. You know, it's every kinds of fish filling up and swimming in the seas. Every kinds of birds flying across the air. In verse twenty-one, God created the great creatures and every living thing in the water that moves about in it, according to their kinds. Every winged bird. Again, there's this variety, there's this activity in all of this life. And it says in verse twenty-one, God saw that it was good. It was good. All this messiness is good. All this variety, all this life, all this bigness and its smallness, it is good. And verse twenty-two, God blessed them and said, "Be fruitful, and increase in number." So earlier, earlier we say that God is kind of like Marie Kondo organized, you know, neat and tidy, separating, organizing. Imagine doing that to your homes. You know,、um, well, this could do with some organizing. But imagine everything was perfect and clean, and and you know it looked per- picture perfect. But then you get a dog. Then you have like teenagers, and it's not going to stay that way for long. But you say to those teenagers and to your dog, if you talk to your dog, you say, "This is your home. Make it your home." That's what God does here when He says, you know, "Be fruitful and multiply." You know, it's filling every part of creation with life, with noise, with smells, with activity, because life is not static. Life is not neat. Things move around. Living things grow, and God looks at all that. And he says, "That's the way it should be. That's good. That's good." Let's look at day six, the last, well, second last day, verse twenty-four. And God said, "Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds. You know, there's livestock, there's creatures that move along the ground, there are wild animals. So all these different kinds of animals, different sizes, different types, each according to its kind. And it was so. You know, God could have stopped here." And day six, because verse twenty-five, God saw that it was good. He could have stopped with all these animals because every container is filled at this point of time. But he does something extra. Verse twenty-six, he creates 
you and me creates humankind. Then God said, "Let's make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule." Man is part of the created order. The animals were created in day six. Man was created in day six, but God makes man and only man in His image. What does that mean? To be made in God's image, made in God's likeness. It means to rule over God's creation in God's place with God's likeness. Um, kind of like a babysitter, <laughs> you have that responsibility. Verse 28: Rule over the fish, rule over the kids, rule over the birds of the sky, every living creature. God is giving this responsibility that God has. Over to man who has his image. It's a responsibility to rule, but it's also a relationship. Verse 27. So God created mankind in His own image. Again, in the image of God, He created them, male and female. He created them. Notice the plurality there. Verse 26. Let us make plural. And verse 27. God made them plural. Male and female. It's the creation of two distinct genders, male and female. It's the creation of marriage. These two genders in relationship with one another. Meaning, the smallest unit of humanity is not me, myself, the individual. No, it, God didn't create two individuals. He created one mankind, made up of two individual human beings, and. This relationship with one another is reflected in their relationship with creation to rule over it, in their relationship with God created in His image as His children, essentially. And that's day six. Verse thirty-one says, "God saw all that He made, meaning all six days, all of creation, ruled under man, ruled under God." And it says there, "It was very good." That's the way it should be. You know, kind of perfect. You know, God is going, and it might be surprising if I don't know your parents said to you, oh, "Perfect," because maybe they've never said that to you before, or maybe you don't even see that of yourselves. You know, the world does not look perfect. My life does not look perfect, but you know, God does look at creation as His creation. You are His children, and God does love you. And that is still hard to believe because, again, you know things are not perfect, and we'll cover a bit more of that about this in our next lecture when we look at sin, how we have rejected God's rule, and therefore we've infected this world with our sin, and therefore God has put this judgment over, over this world as this kind of like curse, and so things are not the way it should be here in Genesis chapter one. But having said that, God is still God; we are still His creation. And God still loves you. One last bit from chapter two, verse one. By the seventh day, God had finished the work He had been doing. So on the seventh day, He rested from all His work. What's important about the seventh day is that there is no eighth day. You know, it's it stops here. The seventh day is the completion 
of creation. It's done. It's kind of like when you finish a large project or you've been writing that assignment all night and you burn the midnight oil and you've been working on it, but finally it's done. Or finally when this YouTube video is done, oh, and you go, oh, I'm so thankful. That's great. There's no more work to do. And then you rest. It doesn't mean that you go on a holiday, you go anywhere. In fact, it's better. It's better than any kind of holiday because there is no more work to do. The job is done. And here is God saying that there is no more creating to do. God rested from all the work because the work is finished. But this seventh day, it points us outside of creation to something that's greater than creation. It points us back to God who created creation. Because, you know, God worked and we know what work is. We know what it means to slog. We know what it means to have dreams and ambitions. But very few of us know what it means to finish that work, to reach that goal, to, you know, reach our ambitions. But God does, and God finished, and therefore God rested. And essentially what God is saying to us is, you will only find that completion, that fulfillment, that rest in me. I am the God of rest, in other words. Jesus Christ once said, come to me, all you who are weary, maybe you're feeling that, that, feeling that way right now, or all you who are burdened, maybe you're feeling that way that right now. And he says, I will give you rest. Sounds good. <laughs> so that's, that's creation. That, that, that's the lecture. You know, it's, it's, it's just a brief overview. I know you're thinking, you know, that's just like one page in Genesis chapter one. You know, there's so much more of the Bible to go. How are we going to cover the whole Bible in this Bible overview? Good point. There are six parts to this course, and um, this is creation is the first part. It'll be followed by curse, covenant, Christ, church, and new creation. We're starting slow, I know, I know, but this is just kind of like a setup and a preview of the things that are to come. Uh, and before we end, let me give you a quick recap of what we've seen so far in today's lecture. Uh, the beginning, middle, and the end. In the beginning, we saw that there was God. You know, before there was anything, there was a God who created everything. That's the beginning. In the middle, we see God, you know, busy, working, forming, filling his creation with order and purpose and design on the one hand, but also filling that order with life, filling that order with abundance and with his blessing. And the high point of that creative order is the creation of man. God instilling his image in us, in humanity, created to rule over creation, created for relationship with our creator, with God, as his children. Finally, the end, because creation is not an end in itself. You know, you weren't created just to fill up space in this universe. No, we were created as God's workmanship, God's art project. And at the end of the day, we are created to reflect his beauty, his glory, his perfection, his goodness, his pleasure for all of us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, well, that's creation, part one of our Bible overview series here at the Philip Project. Thank you for watching. Catch you in the next one. Ugh.